All right, good morning, Four Oaks. Now, several unique things about this morning. One, I had a meeting out, and so I find myself outside of Panera Bread right now. So instead of the birds chirping on my back porch, I've got some coffee house music going in the background, but I'm sure it will make your listening um, experience, uh, viewing experience all the more pleasant. Um, but we are in Exodus chapter 31, and what I thought we would do is look at the last um, seven verses of 31 verses 12 through 18, um, and then tomorrow start on the golden calf. And, and what's interesting about um, Exodus 31, 12 through 18, it's right at the end of all of the law giving, okay? And it's, it's, it's before we get into the narrative sections again of what happens to the people of Israel as they fail in the keeping of this law, okay? And it's interesting that this passage at the very end of the law, the giving of the law relates to the Sabbath. And again, the Sabbath is something that we oftentimes misunderstand or, or in evangelical circles largely ignore as something for the Old Testament, something that's not particularly relevant for, for us in this time, in this place. But I wanna, I wanna point out from this passage why it comes at the end of the law, what God is wanting to communicate by the giving of these stipulations about the Sabbath and then how it applies to us, okay? So all with the coffee house music. So here we go, Exodus 31 verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. Now, when we read about these different um, stipulations um, about the Sabbath, um, they are filled with some ominous warnings, are they not? Um, if there's one overarching impression that the Israelites were going to receive by receiving this part of the law is don't work on the Sabbath. Don't work on the last day of the week. In fact, there are um, all sorts of severe punishments and, and sanctions are threatened all the way up to death, capital punishment, for violating the ordinance of the Sabbath. And we have to say, my goodness, this seems harsh, Pastor Paul. What, what, what is the function of this? Why, what, what in the world is God wanting to communicate to the Israelites? And why, why so many warnings around this? Well, obviously, the um, verse 17, I think, 
um, gives us the overarching theme. Let's look back at it again. It says, it is a sign forever, meaning the Sabbath, between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So, so there is something about the pattern of creation and the way that God created the world that's meant to communicate something powerful, okay, about who God is and who we are in relationship to God. And I think, I think the idea here is that God is first of all depicted in the first six days, okay, of creation as the great initiator, right? He's speaking life into existence. He is commanding oceans to be opened up and, and celestial bodies to appear in the sky. And he's populating land and he's creating by the word of his mouth from nothing, animals and plants and all life forms and, and human beings. And, and when we read the first six days of the creation account, we are left with an overwhelming sense, right? that it is God who is God. It is he that has made us, not we ourselves. In other words, he is the creator, we are the creatures. And that because of that, we are fully, completely, 100% dependent upon him for everything, right? Even for the very breath in our nostrils. And so as we go about our day, as we are working, as we are um, building up our families and marriages and children, um, we are cognizant, are we not, uh, that everything we do, right, is flowing from the life that the Lord has given us. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. And so there is this pattern, okay, of, of, of life, okay, of initiation, of, um, of power, okay, uh, that's being given to us by God. Okay, so this is, I think, what how the first six days of the creation functions. Well, what what is up with the seventh day and that God rested? Well, obviously we know that God doesn't need to rest, okay, um, but that God ceased from His creation activity in order to communicate something also very powerful to us. Okay. And it's simply this, that just as God created life and gave life in everything for six days, on that seventh day, when there is no work being done, in reality, it is God who is sustaining everything. So God creates and God sustains. And that even when we are not working, okay, what are we having to do? We are having to trust in God. We are having to depend upon God. We are having, we're having to have exercise faith to note that just as all of our life was dependent upon God to give us life and meaning and purpose, when we abstain from our work, we're, we're, we're making a loud theological statement that, that in Him we live and move and have our being, that even as we are not working, God is continuing to work. God is continuing to sustain us. And, and it really is meant, this Sabbath principle, to evoke a, a, a reposture, a response of humility, right? That, that, that my life is not my own, that I'm not in control of my life, and that I'm completely and fully dependent upon God even when I'm not working to meet every need. 
So, so this stipulate the stipulations. The reason they're so severe is that God is wanting to make it crystal clear, okay, to them, to the Israelites, to God's people, that in fact their life begins and ends with God. That that everything they have flows from Him, and everything they they are flows from Him, and that there is never a single moment of their day where they are not wholly, fully, completely dependent upon God. And when they are not working, they're reminded of that. When they're not working, they're being, God's pressing these truths into their, into their hearts and minds. So, so what does this mean for us? Well, it means for us, okay, that we need to have rhythms in our life that remind us, okay, that we are not God. That, that we are not in control of our own lives. We are not in control of our own destinies. Are there times where, um, and whether it's a whole day or blocks of time or a season or, or what have you, are there rhythms in our life where we are not engaging in the, in the daily affairs of what we do on a typical work day? In other words, um, do we have times of silence and solitude? Do we have times of prayer? And let's be honest, there's so many times, at least for me, where prayer can seem so inefficient, right? God, if I take time to pray about this um, and focus on this, I could be actually working and getting something done, which of course is the whole point, right? And so so we want to be thinking about, are there seasons, you know, are, are, are there those rhythms of life that reinforce the Sabbath principle, right? That we rest in Christ, that Christ has paid the, the, the price for all of us, that, that, that we no longer uh, work for our salvation. We no longer work, okay, in, in, a, in an absolute way to, to sustain ourselves when we know that life ultimately flows from God. And so one way to think about this is that, first of all, do you have a daily rhythm of Sabbath? Is there a daily rhythm where you are quiet before God, where you are in his word, where you are praying through his word and before him, and you are reminded, okay, that you are dependent upon him for God to work? Is Do you have a, do you have a daily rhythm, okay? Number two, do you have a weekly rhythm, right? So, so um, this may not, this doesn't, the beautiful thing about the Sabbath is that it, it it serves us, we don't serve it, right? And so so while we don't have the same Old Testament stipulations about what you can and can't do, there still is a principle there to say, is there a day of the week that's different, okay? Is there a day of the week that, um, and it's not about are you washing your car or are you going out to eat, but is there a, diff- is there a day that's different in terms of family? Is there a day that's different in terms of church, worship, um, reflection, um, not doing what you normally do the other previous six days? And I would just say if there is um, not some day in your life, okay, in, in week, typically, where life looks any different, then, then one, you're going to burn out. But number two you are probably going to be not nourishing um, your soul as you should. So do you have a a daily Sabbath, a weekly Sabbath? Think about what it means to have a seasonal Sabbath, okay? And so this might take the form of a a vacation 
where again you're not just wasting okay your time watching TV for a whole week and indulging yourself but you're there's actually spiritual renewal there's spiritual replenishment you're able to do things during that week or those few days okay um, that that are really feeding your soul feeding the soul of your family or your marriage or friendships or, or, or what have you so so do you have a daily Sabbath do you have a weekly Sabbath do you have a seasonal Sabbath right and again it doesn't have to be a week away it could be you know do, do, do you is there time for personal retreat? Is there time to pull away for a day, um, or 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 a, or an overnight, or and then again, it might be for a more extended period of time if you're looking like for an actual vacation. But but the main purpose of this, uh, I think, this word here from Exodus 31 is to raise our awareness. Okay, that our life begins and ends with God. There's not one second of our life that we're not fully, completely dependent upon His grace for our lives. And we want to be able to build in Sabbath periods into our life where we're able to reflect on that, to be reminded of that, and to dwell on that. And that's why I think um, there's, there's so many of what can be stark words and warnings about the Sabbath because much is at stake, right? What's at stake is our understanding of God and our understanding of ourselves. Okay, lots more we could say about it, but hello, our time is up. So tomorrow, same time, same station, the golden calf, Exodus 32, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this time. Lord, even in the midst of feeling harried and hurried today, that there would be moments of Sabbath rest in our souls as we pray, as we commune, with you, Lord, give us a vision for what this might look like in our lives. But we need your help. Some of us, this seems really impossible um, because of our life circumstances and situations, but we're asking you to help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.